0: Today's reading is from Luke chapter 16, verses 1 to 15. Jesus told his disciples, there was a rich man whose manager was accused of wasting his possessions. So he called him in and asked him, what is this I hear about you giving an account of your management because you cannot be a manager any longer? The manager said to himself, what shall I do now? My master is taking away my job. I'm not strong enough to dig and I'm ashamed to beg. I know what I'll do so that when I lose my job here, people will welcome me into their houses. So he called in each one of his master's debtors. He asked the first, How much do you owe my master? 3,000 litres of olive oil, he replied. The manager told him, Take your bill, sit down quickly and make it 1,500. Then he asked the second, And how much do you owe? 30 tonnes of wheat, he replied. He told him, "'Take your bill and make it 24.' "'The master commended the dishonest manager "'because he had acted shrewdly. "'For the people of this world are more shrewd "'in dealing with their own kind "'than are the people of the light. "'I tell you, use worldly wealth "'to gain friends for yourselves "'so that when it is gone, "'you will be welcomed into eternal dwellings. "'Whoever can be trusted with very little "'can also be trusted with much.' And whoever is dishonest with very little will also be dishonest with much. So if you have not been trustworthy in handling worldly wealth, who will trust you with true riches? And if you have not been trustworthy with someone else's property, who will give you property of your own? No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. The Pharisees who loved money heard all this and were sneering at Jesus. He said to them, you're the ones who justify yourselves in the eyes of others, but God knows your heart. What people value highly is detestable in God's sight. This is God's word.
1: Morning, everyone. Let me pray as we begin. Heavenly Father, we praise you so much for your word. We praise you that it speaks to us of how to live rightly in this world for the next. Father, please shape us and change us this morning by your spirit as we hear your word in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So, the passage this morning, Jesus says, it is fine uh, to be dishonest in your financial affairs. I guess that's not what you expected uh, to hear uh, as you tuned in uh, to church uh, this morning. And just to be clear, um, that's not actually what Jesus is saying here, is it? Um, Jesus is giving us some financial advice. And because um, that sort of advice tends to be pretty boring, um, he's going to tell us, he tells it in a way that, that shocks us, that makes us sit up uh, and listen. Um, most financial advice, I guess, is, is unlikely to change uh, your life. And the closest thing I get to a financial advisor is the occasional look on Money Super, um, not Money Supermarket, that's for other things, Money Saving Expert, uh, Martin Lewis. Um, he, he's got lots of top tips. 7.5 million people a week um, receive his email that tells them how to save just um, a little bit more, gives them a top tip on, on how to save. But, but most of that advice, um, it, it's unlikely to, to really change at the course of your life. It might help uh, now and then, but it's not going to change it fundamentally. What Jesus says here, the financial advice that Jesus gives will change your life. What does Jesus say? What is his financial advice? Use your money to invest in eternity. Use your money to invest in eternity. And we've, we've been a few weeks, haven't we, in these chapters in Luke's gospel. And we've seen again and again Jesus talking about this banquet. And the banquet which he invites people to be part of and the banquet that is God's eternal kingdom. And in Luke 14, Jesus said, don't, don't let anything get in the way of being there. Do whatever it takes. Last week in Luke 15, and we saw just how extraordinary the welcome uh, is for those who, who come there. Jesus all along has, has been confronting the pride Pharisees, and those who, who will not accept a simple invitation. And here Jesus um, focuses in on, on one very particular area of our lives, our attitude to our money. Um, I, I guess in, in the current context, uh, we need to say, don't we, that some of us um, at the minute will feel like, like we've much less money uh, than we've been used to. Um, some of us are on furlough or, or businesses are really suffering in, in the pandemic, and others of us will feel like we have more than we're used to because we haven't been able to spend anything, uh, we haven't been able to go out anywhere, and so we'll, we'll have more. Well, for all of us, I guess, um, whichever category we fall into, actually now is a really good time to, to think about how we use our money. And so Jesus here, in, in this strange little parable, is going to teach us one thing with three big applications. Okay, one thing with three big applications, the one thing he's going to teach us is, is that we need to be shrewd in using what God has given us. We need to be shrewd in giving what God has given us. And how do we do that? Three ways. We invest in eternity, we start early, and we love God first. The Big idea then, be shrewd in using what God has given you. That's, that's the point of the parable, the strange little parable um, that Jesus tells um, this is not the kind of thing you, you'd normally expect to read in the Bible, is it? Um, it sounds more like the um, a, 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 a new BBC Sunday night drama. Um, so here we go, we're going to retell it uh, in just such, uh, just such a style. So here is the manager. Okay? Um, Danny, Danny the banker, played by Tom Hiddleston or Hugh Laurie, depending on your generation. Um, he, he is the lovable rogue, the non-hero sort of hero. Um, he's always been known uh, for his, his dodgy deals. But now his boss, Olivia Coleman, has found him out. And so episode one finishes by, um, by Olivia Coleman calling him in uh, to the office and saying, You've got 24 hours. And then I'm calling the police. And I will make sure you never work in this industry ever again. She's frozen his account. He's not got long. What is he going to do? Well, Danny's smart, so Danny calls um, at Virgin Atlantic, one of his clients. It's the middle of pandemic, and um, they're they're struggling a bit. Business is not good. So he gets on the phone. Um, hi, R- Richard. Um, it's is Danny here? Um, how, how much do you us again? Uh, Three hundred million. Oh, let's make it. Let's make it one hundred and fifty million. Oh, thanks. Thanks, Danny. That's, that's a big help. I mean, is there anything we can do for you? Oh, funny you should mention that, actually, Ricky. Um, a, a one-way flight to your private island in the Caribbean and a room there would, be, would come in really handy right now. Sure. Next, um, next Danny gets on the phone to Waitrose. Um, hi, John, it's Danny here. And that's 30 million that you owe us for the new fleet of delivery vans. Let's call that 30 million 24 million. Special deal just for today. Oh, thanks. Thanks, Danny. That's, that's a big help. Um, anything we can do for you? Oh, funny you should mention it, actually. Um, a, a lifetime supply of groceries would, would be really helpful. You do, you do deliver by helicopter, don't you? And as Danny races um, to Heathrow Airport, being chased um, by the police, as a viewer watching, you're not sure what you want to happen next. You can't quite decide whether you want Danny to be able to sail off into the sunset for his luxury retirement, or if you want him banged up in Pentville Prison. He's dishonest, but he's smart, he's shrewd. And this parable, I think, is, it, it, it is meant to, to make us feel like that. It's strange. We're not quite sure what we're to make of it. But it is memorable, and it is making um, one very clear point. See, what is commended? What, did you, what does the manager um, get commended for in verse 8? It's not actually his dishonesty. His dishonesty is punished. He loses his job uh, because of it. What's commended is his shrewdness. He used the opportunity he was given wisely. You see that in verse eight, the master commended the dishonest manager because he had acted shrewdly. The final scene of our, our BBC drama is Danny sailing off, uh, flying off into uh, off to the Caribbean, on the phone to Olivia Coleman, and Olivia Coleman has to has to concede. Oh, you've played a blinder, Danny. See, the manager in the parable is, is shrewd because he gets that his time is short. He needs to make it count. And we're we're not supposed to follow his methods here. But right, we are to learn from his shrewdness, from his wisdom. Um, Shrewdness is is the same idea uh, as in Matthew 7, when the wise or the shrewd builder builds his house on the rock, builds it on something that will last. It's the same in, in Matthew 24 and 25. The shrewd servant, the wise servant, is the one who is ready when his master returns. And Jesus' point is: is if a dishonest manager knows how to invest well in his future, well, how much more should a Christian be able to invest in their future? Because it's not just a, a retirement pot uh, that, that Jesus is calling Christians to invest in; it is eternity. Um, our lives are short, but we can make them count. We can make them count by being shrewd with what God has given us now. I guess when it comes to money, the most common command in the Bible is, is to be generous, uh, to give uh, lots away. But here it's, it's slightly different, isn't it? It's not just generosity that Jesus is commanding, but shrewdness. Taking the time to think what I will do with my money, what I will do with the money that God has given me in order to invest in eternity. How do we actually do that? Well, Jesus um, then spells it out. He gives us three uh, little, little applications off the back of this parable, three big lessons on how to be shrewd. They are to invest in eternity, to start early, and to love God first. So firstly then, invest in eternity. Look down at verse nine. I tell you, Use worldly wealth to gain friends for yourselves so that when it is gone, you will be welcomed into eternal dwellings. Use what God has given you now for eternal purposes. Why is that shrewd? Why is that the wise option? Well, because worldly wealth doesn't last. See that? See how Jesus says, use worldly wealth so that when it is gone, I don't know if you came across the story of, um, of James Howells um, earlier in the year. He's um, in his mid-twenties back in 2009. Um, James invested about £1,500 buying Bitcoin. Bitcoin, which at the time was, was practically worthless. I mean, who, who even knows what it is? And yet, that investment now, uh, £1,500 in Bitcoin, is now worth £230 million. that that is a good investment. But see, the problem was it was stored on a hard drive. And James Howells threw out that hard drive a few years ago. So instead of being in his bank account, that £230 million is lying in Newport Landfill. There it is, it's in there somewhere. He, he's offered massive amounts of money, I think 55 million pounds uh, to the council to allow, him to, to allow him to dig it up to try and find it. But they keep, they keep resolutely saying no. Humanly speaking, he, he made an excellent investment. And yet it's ended up in a dump. No good to him, no good to anyone. Actually, in the end... All worldly wealth is like that. Whether, um, whether, you, whether you end up with lots of it or very little, well, you'll die, the wealth will fade away, and it will not last. It will be gone. So Jesus says, don't spend your time investing in worldly wealth. Use it to gain something that will last, eternal riches, Verse nine again, use worldly wealth to gain friends for yourself so that when it is gone, you will be welcomed into eternal dwellings. Jesus says, look, take the long-term view, not, not just 10 years, not just 25 years, and think eternity. Think properly long-term because this life will be over in a moment, but eternity will eternally last Forever. Jesus, in this whole section, has been saying there is an eternity waiting for you, filled with joy, in relationship with God and His people forever, if you will accept that invitation. And so that is the place to invest now. Not by not by buying your way into heaven—you can't do that—but by using what God has given you to invest there, where you will enjoy the returns forever. How do you actually do that? Um, I, I don't think, um, quick Google search, don't think they have an ISA for that kind of thing. Well, you do that by using your worldly wealth to gain friends for yourselves. Jesus says, don't, don't worry about being a, a shrewd investor in this age. Even the best investment now will, will ultimately fail. Instead, be a really shrewd investor by investing in the thing that does last in eternity, that is people and their lives. So that others uh, might be there in eternity to welcome you home. What what might that actually look like? What might that be like? I don't know. Imagine this. Imagine uh, you you get there. You're You're in eternity. You've been welcomed into that extraordinary banquet. And sitting next to you um, is a a face that looks a little bit familiar. You can't quite place it. And they say, oh, um, uh, you were part of the church that I grew up in. I'm not sure we really spoke much. But your giving to that church meant that they could run a youth group where I could investigate the claims of Christ for myself. And here I am at the banquet." Or um, uh, on the other side is, is someone you've never, um, never met before. But they said, you, oh, you you supported Stan, that mission partner. Oh, well, he, he came to my country and learned my language because there are very few Christians here. And he told me about Jesus. And here I am at the banquet. Or um, you went without something uh, so that you could give to that um, Bible translation agency so that I could read uh, the Bible in my own language and hear for myself what Jesus had done. And here I am. And, and later, uh, a familiar face does come towards you. It's uh, Donna, who was once part of your DG group, your small group. And she comes and says, oh, when I was having a really hard time, you were really generous and you bought meals for me. It was only a little thing, but it showed me that you loved me and it, and it kept me going. Actually, I'm not sure if without that, I would have kept going as a Christian. But here I am at the banquet. Now, none of those things, uh, none of those you'll be able to see here and now, but you will in eternity And so Jesus says the shrewd person, the wise thing to do is to invest in eternity. That's the first little application. Invest in eternity. The second one then, start early. Start early, verse 10. Whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much. And whoever is dishonest with very little will also be dishonest with much. So if you've not been trustworthy in handling worldly wealth, who will trust you with true riches? And if you have not been trustworthy with someone else's property, who will give you property of your own? It's easy to think, isn't it, that, that investing in eternity is something, uh, something to do when you're super wealthy, or at least when you feel wealthier than you are today. Um, do you ever find yourself daydreaming like this? Maybe it's just me. What would I do if I had 50 million what would I do with 50 million? In, in my better moments, maybe I think, oh, think of the gospel workers I could fund. Think of the church plants I could help set up with, with, with money like that. Yeah, maybe, but God hasn't given me 50 million. He's given me my month's paycheck. Part, partly. Uh, probably because maybe I wouldn't be quite as quick to do those things as, as I like, might like to imagine. God, God is, is not interested in what I would do with my hypothetical 50 million. Um, he's interested in what I'll do with what comes in this month and what comes in next month. Whether, whether that's a lot or very little. Back to our, um, our uh, money-saving expert friend, Martin Lewis. Uh, his pension advice is very simple. Put in as much as possible as early as possible. Okay, in other words, don't wait. Don't wait to start investing because um, a little bit uh, over, over time can add up. When it comes to investing in eternity, Jesus says, yeah, that's, that's about right. I mean, it doesn't actually matter how much you have um, each one of us can invest in eternity. Now, verse 10, whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much. Whoever is dishonest with very little will be dishonest with much. See how being trustworthy and not being dishonest, it does matter. That can't be the point that Jesus is making in the parable. He can't be saying, be dishonest, because um, that's not what we're supposed to copy. Being trustworthy and honest matters. But Jesus is saying you don't have to wait until you have lots uh, to begin investing in eternity. That day when you feel wealthy may never come, but start with what you've got. Start with what you've got. You know that in in general, um, the richer you are, the less generous you become. So, um, proportionately, um, one of the recent stats on uh, giving to British charities is that those on the lowest incomes give about about 4.5% to good causes, whereas the richest give just over 2%. It's interesting, isn't it? We don't actually get more generous as we get wealthier. Actually, the opposite is true. So start early. Investing in eternity is is less about big, dramatic decisions, what will I do with this million-pound windfall, and much more about what will I do with this 20 quid? It's helpful for all of us, isn't it, to, to think that through, but th- this application is be particularly helpful um, if it feels like you don't have very much at the minute. I don't know, maybe you're a, you're a student, um, and after your um, extortionate fees and extortionate rent for living in London and all those cheeky Nandos, you don't feel like you have very much. Um, there are still ways that you can invest in eternity and don't think you've got to wait uh, until you're earning to start investing in eternity. Or maybe you're a, you're a teenager or a bit younger and, and your uh, extraordinarily generous parents give you a, a large allowance every month or a little one. Well, how could you use that um, to invest in eternity? And if you're, if you're a parent, how will you help your kids to think about how they can begin to do that? It's a great habit uh, to get into early. So start to invest in eternity early. Don't wait. And the third and final thing uh, that Jesus points out to us is that we must love God first. Look down at verse 13. No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money the Pharisees who loved money heard all this and were sneering at Jesus. He said to them, you are the ones who justify yourselves in the eyes of others, but God knows your hearts. What people value highly is detestable in God's sight. See, here's why it really matters what we do with our money. Because Jesus says, if you love money like the Pharisees do, you'll despise God you cannot love them both. How you invest it shows who you love. It shows who you worship. You either love God or you love money. You, 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 why is that? Well, it's, it, think about it. If you love money, if money is the thing that drives you, that all your attention and energy uh, goes into, well, you'll have very little left. That will shape Everything you do, all the decisions that you make. So I guess you, you see that, don't you, in extreme examples. You see that in the, in the fraudsters who, um, who ring up the elderly and say, if you transfer a thousand pounds into this account, you'll, uh, you'll get your COVID jab. You see it there, how a love for money drives your decisions. But you also see it in, in the worker who, uh, who overworks uh, day after day chasing after more and whose family life or friendships are just in bits because of it. Or you see it in, in, in the person who obsesses over um, getting that next thing. I don't know, a, a new pair of trainers and their, their, foc- their whole focus and drive is on that. And then if they do get them, they actually find they're, they're pretty uncomfortable anyway. They don't make them run any faster. Loving money is a miserable place to be because it will always let you down in the end. But God will never let you down. Anything we invest in his kingdom now will be enjoying for all eternity. And so if you love God, you'll invest in his kingdom. How might we actually do that? What would that actually look like? Um, one quick caveat. When we think about these things, it's not about looking sideways. Okay, that's quite a dangerous thing to do, to look at others and think, oh, I, I, maybe they didn't hear this sermon, or um, I, you know, judging their decisions. That's what the Pharisees like to do, because they love money, to look sideways. Actually, much better to, um, to assess your own heart in these things. Um, and, and actually, many of us um, are, are already giving um, very generously... Um, So financial changes within the pandemic. um, Maybe you didn't get away on on quite so nice a summer holiday last summer. And actually many will have given part of that um, or or a large chunk of that away. But for all of us, um, let me suggest this. Um, As you think about those treats that you can't wait for post-lockdown, all of us, I guess, we we need something uh, to look forward to at the minute. Um, Maybe there are, I don't know, five things on the list that you or your family want to do uh, post-lockdown. Why not, um, why not do this? Why not think about how you could forego one of those things and give that money uh, away to invest in eternity and talk together, uh, if you make your financial decisions with others, talk together about how you could do that and why you might want to do that. Why not think about how to use that money for eternity. That, that might feel hard, and those sort of financial decisions always do. But remember, remember who it is that's speaking here. Remember who it is that's telling us to do this. It is the Lord Jesus, who is on his way to Jerusalem in this part of Luke's gospel, on his way to die, because he takes that eternal perspective, because he will invest everything he has in order to welcome people into eternity. He has gone before us to prepare a place at that banquet and invites us to join him there. Anything we give now, we will not regret in eternity. So be shrewd with what God has given you. Think hard about how you can use it to invest in eternity. Start with what God has given you now. And let's pray that we would love God and serve him with everything that we've got. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we praise you so much for the Lord Jesus, for the banquet that he welcomes us to and eternity with him. Father, thank you that we get to share that with others. And Father, please, would we do what we can to invest in eternity now, to use the resources that you have generously given to us, Um, to invest in that eternally. Father, help us uh, to do that because we love you first. In Jesus' name, amen.